This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you by the Pocket Testament League. Visit ptl.org for practical resources and encouragement to help you share your faith. ptl.org. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him. This afternoon as we broadcast you our last show from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Wow, what a trip it's been, Martha. It's so beautiful around here. Maybe we should move here. There was that job available at the Smoketown Inn. That's right. We were telling everybody about it, but you know that that we'll leave that opportunity for something. Okay. We'll come visit that. All right, that's what we'll do. But it is incredible. We met some incredible people, all made possible because of the Pocket Testament League. They connect us to all these people. And, you know, you need, everybody needs to check out the Pocket Testament League. If it's not part of your daily walk, it should be, it can be, ptl.org, ptl.org. Now, we are being hosted by Don Hoover. Don Hoover has spent some time on the air with us this week. It's been incredible. And it's Binkley and Hurst. Binkleyhurst.com is the website. Don Hoover, welcome back to iWorkFrame. You're going to be like old hat at this radio thing. Hey, it's great to have you guys back again. We have preoccupied his office pretty much all week. It's been incredible. And we love that, that when we get open, open-armed open welcome into the community. Don, but this show, we're not going to talk about the Pocket Testament League too much. We're not going to talk about Binkley and Hearst. We're not going to talk about you pretty much. We're really going to talk about this ministry you're involved in that has impacted people out there in their workplace, Business Community Network. Tell us about that. Business Community Network is something that emerged out of uh, what we were actually talking about in the previous uh, couple of days' broadcasts here, just dangling a carrot there for him to go back and get the get the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, uh, so we were getting together, and we're celebrating what God's doing, and we're wondering who else is out there that might be experiencing some of the same God-oriented, God-ordered things that we were experiencing. And so we just got together, uh, started meeting at one local restaurant here, uh, and there were four or five of us the first time, and that thing grew pretty rapidly, and uh, we decided to make it more regional. So we multiplied out from there. Um, basically, BCN is simply, uh, the moniker there would be God drawing people into relationship through the marketplace. And that's exactly what it is. There's no there's no dues. There's no hierarchy. There's no uh, pretty much nothing more than just guys getting together typically uh, once a month to do breakfast and then to celebrate what God is doing and invite others to come into relationship. And that, again, of course, would be uh, vertically with others in the marketplace and horizontally into relationship with Christ. So it's guys. Um, it's mostly, no ladies. Well, uh, ladies are welcome, certainly. But um, the way that's unfolded for the most part is it's mostly men. It seems like the gals are getting kids ready for school and and uh, aren't wild about getting up at 5 in the morning or 5.30 to get ready to come to a 6 or 6.30 meeting. So it has been, for the most part, male. Okay, so you got a bunch of guys getting together, and, and I love that. I love that you're talking about it. You said God drawing people in a relationship in the marketplace. Now, not everybody that works in an organization near you feels like they're part of the marketplace. People in hospitals, people in the government, people in the military, people in um, uh, education, they don't see themselves as part of the marketplace, but are they welcome? In your group they're absolutely welcome and it started out again as as you might say business leaders or key influencers or whatever um actually we're in the process right now it's interesting you would you would note that we're in the process of tweaking that to um, change it from god drawing people into relationship through the marketplace to God drawing people into relationship through the workplace, and that certainly covers most of us. And that's really what we talk about in iWorkRoom. We talk about both the marketplace and workplace, because even though people in the hospitals, people in the government, people in the military, people in education are really part of the marketplace, mm-hmm. 
they don't don't see themselves that way. They've been taught that, well, their work is not part of the marketplace. So I just want to make sure I ask that question so that people know what's BCN all about. Because our whole goal is, when we're done with the show, that you guys can use this to help promote BCN. Now, you said you're in multiple locations. Or or multiple regions, I think is what you said. So where are you at? Um, Right now, there are, what, I believe five groups that are meeting on a regular basis. And uh, again, each of them has a bit of their own personality. But there's one the farthest away would be about an hour's drive south of here. And the rest are sprinkled uh, probably 45 minutes north of here, and then the rest right here around Lancaster City. So you're not running all of them? you got different people running each one? I'm not running any of them. Wow, that's um, cool. I am. <laughs> yeah, that's what they all think, too. Um, <laughs> well, I many am. of them sent emails going, hey, how come Don's always doing all the talking? That's what they say. I said it's not true. Yeah, that's not true. Now, what it amounts to, though, is that there are facilitators. Like Fred Everly is one of the guys uh, with us here today, and and Fred is one who was part of the group that Dan and I were a part of, and Jeff actually here at Lidditz. And uh, Dan, um, uh, Fred said, you know what, I would be willing to uh, begin to lead my own group. And so we multiplied that out of there, and now Fred meets the second Tuesday of the month, for example. We meet the third, the other group meets the third Wednesday of the month. And uh, it's just awesome because they're, you know, people are able to choose. If you can't get to one for one reason or another, one week you can go to the other one the next week or back and forth. So talk about what, what kind of conversations, what are you talking about? In those gatherings? Yeah. Uh, we're talking about Jesus. We're talking about... I mean, uh, that's good. That's a good Sunday school answer. I mean, really, though, a <laughs> bunch of marketplace, workplace guys aren't coming at 5 o'clock to hear about Jesus. They want to know how Jesus applies to what? That's exactly right. We are talking about Jesus as the root and source of all things. Um, so what's God doing in your heart? What's um, What have you seen God do in the last 10 days? How do we celebrate that? Um, who are you praying for? That's one of Fred's favorite questions. Mm-hmm. Who are you praying for? What are you seeing God do in their life? Uh, there's uh, Fred's group, there's, I'd say, probably a little higher level of, you might say, accountability, uh, where he is putting forth some initiatives to, to lead these guys to be thinking and praying intentionally and more, more specifically and deeply into a given uh, situation or need. Um, the other group is probably a little bit more celebratory. Wow, it was awesome this week when we see, saw God do this or do that. So, it, again, each has a, a its... A mix, but its own personality. Exactly. When you were on our website, iWorkForHim.com, did you uh, check out the iWorkForHim Nation? Did you ever click on that flag? I did, the not. Okay. I did not. So let me tell you what that's about, because that might be helpful for BCN. So the okay. iWorkForHim Nation is not a club. Okay. It is a covenant between a somebody in their workplace and our father <clears throat> making a commitment to do these things. Start praying for your coworkers and employees by name each and every day. By name, each and every day. These are the things that God led me through after I got introduced to Oz Hillman's Daily Devotions. Start praying for your coworkers and employees by name each and every day. Look for ways to serve them over and above how your what your job requires you to do. Then look for ways to befriend them outside of the workplace because that's where real relationships build and that's where we have a chance to really be authentic and transparent about what Jesus has done in our lives. Look for ways to pray with people when you notice they're having a rough day, but all along being a person of excellence so that those people will know that there's something remarkably stark different about you, and it's Jesus, because we should be the best, the brightest, number one employees in our position in our company. That's what the I Work For Him Nation pledge is all about. It's a covenant that God just kind of laid out for me. That was what I saw. I had to put into action. So it's out there for anybody. Nothing, no charge. And every time, anytime somebody clicks on the flag and signs up, they get a personal email from me. And we've got, that's how I know we've got listeners all over the globe, because we get people joining that uh, all in, on every continent, except Antarctica, which is a continent, but they don't have any radio or internet. 
Absolutely. Lots of ice. A lot of ice. All right. Now, you got three guys in a room yes. that are all part of BCN. Yes. And people can check out BCN online, bcnlife.org, bcnlife.org. Martha, did you want to talk today? All right. I'll get back to Martha in a second. <laughs> Dom, why don't you introduce the three guys, and then by then we'll probably be out of time. We'll get these three guys in the next three segments. The three gentlemen that we have here today with us are Mr. Fred Eberly. Fred um, works for Toshiba. We have Mr. Jeff Conrad. Jeff is a local judge here in Lancaster City in, in uh, southeastern Pennsylvania. And we have Mr. Dan Heller, who uh, manages a group of businesses here in the region. All right. So, guys, because we still have a minute and 45 seconds left, I want to find out how did you become a Jesus follower? So go ahead, Fred Everly. How did you become a Jesus follower? Uh, that was probably, uh, I grew up in a Christian family, accepted Christ when I was young. But, uh, you know, as that goes, sometimes you kind of walk away, you walk back. It's a lifetime cycle of growing. But God has done some really, really awesome things for me just in the last decade as well as I've started to really live out what it means in the, in the business realm. Um, I've been really, really pressed into and, that. And, and we'll capture that in yep. some of the future segments. Uh, Judge Jeff Conrad, how did you become a Jesus follower? Uh, I nearly got killed in a canoeing accident going over a dam. My father and I tried to uh, shoot a dam one day, and uh, we messed up and got caught underneath the dam, and dog on here got killed. And where the water rolls at the bottom of the dam? Correct, and we were nearly killed. And I remember smashing my face on the rocks as I was being churned up and down, and the only thing I could say was, Jesus, save me. Mm-hmm. And I literally was saved, as was my dad. And the following week, we went to a Baptist church, and we both got a chance to figure out who this Jesus guy was and got saved that weekend. <laughs> Fantastic. Dan Heller, how about you? How did you become a Jesus follower? Well, I grew up in uh, the house of a pastor. Uh, my father was a pastor, so I uh, heard this, the story uh, from, from a young age. Uh, and I'd say it was more intellectual and uh, a formality when I was younger. But uh, mm-hmm. when I was an early teen, I uh, became a Christian, and that's when my journey really began. And we want to just dive in a little bit deeper and find out um, about your journey that led you ultimately to BCN, because I think that's one of the things we love for our, our listeners to hear is what God has stirred in you that has gotten you to where you are now, knowing that this isn't the end of your journey, but it's where God has you and he's clearly working on you and using you in amazing ways within your um, whatever your occupation is. So Fred, let's start with you. And what led you then from, um, you know, just childhood and knowing Jesus as your savior to where you are today in your occupation and your connection to BCN? Yeah, um, you know, it's been it's been a interesting road. Always is when you're following God because you never know what's going on. What what he's <laughs> going to do with you next? But it's been a fun thing with just leaning, um, you know, leaning into God as as I've grown from you know my twenties and kind of serving myself in the midst of knowing what I should be doing to following what I wanted to be doing to then um, y- you know getting married later in life and and kind of understanding the sacrifice that goes along with that. Um, God just sort of laid in on me. I want to know why you're focusing on the sacrifice getting involved in marriage. What about the beauty of marriage? <laughs> it is awesome, but it was dying to myself is what I was doing in some of that. Because I lived, I, I ran a, a sport bike club in my 20s, so we were doing a lot of the fast motorcycles all over the East Coast. And, and you uh, only had to think about yourself. Only probably. had to think about myself. I get where and, you were uh, going with that. <laughs> exactly. And so it, it really, God turned that around on me, and, and, and he really convicted me in what I was doing because it was... Uh, it was weekends. It was it was fun, but it was all about what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And he said, "You know what? It's not all about you." And um, so that was sort of the settling down in my own 
uh, will, mm-hmm. I would say, and sacrificing that over to, hey, God, I want to follow you first and foremost. And and nothing better teaches you that than marriage and kids. You know, the, you, you're oh. constantly sacrificing and, and living for someone other than yourself. Mm-hmm. The greatest thing ever for a Christ follower is to have children. Awesome. To learn complete <laughs> humility when you're changing diapers at three o'clock in the morning. You know it, but they're awesome. And, yes. Um, but, you know, into the workforce, um, you know, I've been with Toshiba for 23 years and, you know, not, not a Christian-based company, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm out in the world dealing with clients all over the place all day long. And, um, you know, God really started speaking into my life as to, you know, you need to speak it. You, you can't just be good, mm-hmm. do whatever. Um, you're, I'm putting you in front of these people to have an impact. And uh, especially over the last decade, that's really been something uh, he's been pressing into me. And that's when I you know, ran into Don and some of these guys that are having this club talking about this stuff. And I'm like, that's exactly what, you know, I'm looking to be doing and, and looking for that encouragement that we can come together, challenge each other and say, hey, you know, here's something that happened this week. And, and when we're looking for opportunities, we'll find them. God's putting them there for us. Yeah. Oftentimes we're blown by them. And the point of this group is to really go, you know, look for it every single day because God's got something there for you. And, um, you know, just even this week, I look back on a couple of things where, um, you know, like, how would you like to have one month of all your expenses covered? Would that be pretty cool? Well, I had an opportunity essentially in a sale where there was, there, if I wasn't where I was, I would have said, hey, that's my money. I'm bringing it over to me uh, because of the way the commission su- cycle was. Mm-hmm. But knowing things that I did, I knew that wasn't the intent. And um, so, you know, the ethical piece of how we do business, even even in, in the day-to-day transactions inside our company can make a big difference of doing the right thing, even though, hey, that would have been a great, you know, pile of money to have. Um, but even beyond that, it's, you know, we'll talk more about this stuff, but it's it's seeing the day-to-day things that God does when we're working with someone that, you know, is living in a sinful manner. You know, I had a guy a couple years ago who uh, was on a trip with him and He's just, you know, he's having sex with women that are, you know, he's just doing all kinds of crazy stuff that I'm like, man, that that is quite the life you've got there. But he was realizing, he was coming to the end of his rope and realizing this is not quite right. And he knew where I stood mm-hmm. from a prior engagement. And, uh, and that's part of vocalizing where we stand. When those moments come up, we can go, look, you know, here's what I believe. Here's what God's done with me, and you know if if God's bugging you, you better listen because right. it's it's your turn. Judge Jeff Conrad, what kind of uh, judging do you do? <laughs> I'm on the. I was elected last year to the Lancaster County Court of Common Pleas, and we are the trial court uh, in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. So all trials, as you hear about, start in Lancaster County Court of Common Pleas uh, here in Lancaster County, and of course I'm in the Family Law Division, so I handle custody. Uh, and uh, uh, child support, as mm-hmm. well as protection from abuse and domestic violence cases. Wow, so you've got the really pretty stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I do the splitting of the babies every single day. Did it earlier this wow. day. So it's, uh, you know, uh, referring back to Solomon's prayer and, and asking, you know, for wisdom. How do you do this when you have a precious child or children in front of you? And you're trying to figure out how do you divvy these kids up between individuals that uh, are sometimes very challenged. Mm, wow, uh, that's a, that is just an amazing calling in your life. How long have you been a judge? 
I got elected last year. Oh, so okay. Started so January. before that, were you an attorney before yes. that? Oh, okay. All right. So you've been in law since school? Uh, since back in uh, 2000, turn of the century. I graduated back in 1999 and got my uh, passed the bar in 2000. So Back in the 1900s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As my kids would say. <laughs> back in the 19th. 20th century. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. So, Jeff, t- at what point in time did you realize that your work as an attorney and now as a judge that that work mattered to God. At what point in time did you realize that you had a call in your life and it was to be in the law system? Well, I felt that early on. I came out of high school and wanted nothing but to get into the Marine Corps. So I, I joined the, the Marines after uh, college as a second lieutenant. And I spent some time in the Marine Corps. And it was great to see how you could infuse Christ into the Marines, which I always loved. And then after uh, I was injured in the Marines and came home, got involved in politics, so I ran for county commissioner in a smaller county north of here, Perry County, and was elected as the, the youngest county commissioner and then did that for one term and then decided to go to law school. So went to law school and came down here to Lancaster in 2000 to prosecute. And so I prosecuted for seven years in the district attorney's office and then 2007 left the DA's office to win a private practice. And that's what brings me into BCN. Because in our law firm, we wanted to do things just a little bit differently. I was happy to try to bring people in, and I figured whoever God brought through that door, he brought to me for a reason. And so I wanted to help their legal needs. But in addition, we were going to do things a little bit differently and try to get into their hearts to find out what drove them to get into the predicament they were in. And so trying to figure out ways to uh, infuse Christ into that, people said, you can't do that. You're going to offend people. And I said, I don't really care because if you're offended, you can go down the street to another attorney. (laughs) And uh, they said the business model will never work. Well, it did work. And people came. They just kept coming through the door. So we were really blessed and trying to help people out with not just their legal needs, but their spiritual needs and doing it very intentionally really worked out as a business model. So how do you do that? Because, you know, I, I love the way you said it, because I've gotten into that predicament because of something. Right. What, you know, it takes two for pretty much every situation that you're in. So um, how then are you addressing that? And, and what kind of results are you seeing? Well, when you have, I mean, even, even in the body Christ, and I think we have a responsibility to police the body Christ. And we had, uh, you know, for instance, hmm. a, a pastor who had struck his wife. Uh, he had knocked a phone out of her hand. When I smack you in the hand, that's a simple assault. When he came in the door, he was pretty high and mighty. He didn't think he'd done anything wrong. He thought he had a right to do that. And so I had to deal with his legal needs for being you know, uh, charged with simple assault. But then I had to address the heart needs to say, hey, pastor, you think it might be time for you to wake up and show a little humility and treat your wife differently? And so we dealt with the pastor's heart and got him to come down off his high horse and humble himself to his wife. He needed a little Ephesians 5.25 time. You betcha. Wow. That sermon, and I was happy to give it to him. I bet you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan Heller, what about you? Flint Rock, tell us about that. Tell us about your job. Tell us about how you learned and why you learned and how you learned that your work mattered to God. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's been a journey, I think. Uh, you know, when I was younger, uh, even in, in high school and college, I uh, knew that I wanted to be in business, always loved business, had an entrepreneurial spirit. And so uh, at the same time, had uh, a lot of family members who were involved in ministry, uh, pastors and, and different uh, full-time uh, vocational ministries. Um, and so uh, also recognized that God had uh, an eternal uh, plan and perspective and vision for my life. And so it was kind of reconciling what that looks like. And originally, I think, perceived that as, 
as two different paths. Uh, which one am I going to pursue? Am I going to pursue business uh, or am I going to pursue uh, a God-sized uh, mission? Um, and it was uh, through getting involved. So in you, were, you were presenting yourself with false a false narrative. Exactly. Pursue ministry mm. or business. Exactly. Instead of a business tree. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I think, you know, through the process, God had me on a journey of learning um, and through getting involved with uh, business and then uh, bumping into uh, Don through a, an industry association um, and spending some time with him and, and then getting involved in uh, uh, BCN uh, has been one of the, the many great encouragements uh, along those lines of what does it mean to live out your faith and be on mission every single day in the marketplace and in the workplace. Uh, so it's been uh, it's been a fun journey uh, to be on, and, and I've learned a lot. And, and Flint Rock is doing what? Flint Rock is an agricultural company uh, diversified into a, a number of different segments within the ag industry. Yeah, he just totally blew past that question. We'll be right back with more, and I work for him from Lancaster, <laughs> Lancaster, Pennsylvania. The greater area, we're actually not in Lancaster. We're actually in, well, are we in... Uh, Lidditz, that's right. So Lidditz, and we're on location at Binkley and Hurst. If you need some farm equipment, you need to check to Binkley and Hurst. You need to give them a call. Oh, come on. Out Everybody online. needs the other thing. That wait, wait, I'm going to talk about that in a second. Binkleyhurst.com, Binkleyhurst.com. But let's say you want to get your children or grandchildren some of the greatest toys ever made. Check out OutbackToys.com, OutbackToys.com. Earlier this week, Martha and I got a chance to check out Don Hoover's favorite business, OutbackToys.com. He didn't say that. I just put those words in his mouth. But literally, what a cool ministry to sell toys all day long. And and I'm telling you, it was a phenomenal place to buy toys. You check it out online. They ship all over the world, OutbackToys.com. All right, Martha. What do you want me to go with here, Jim? Okay. This is a rough crowd. Okay. All right. All <laughs> oh, right. we were talking. We were finding we're, out about the egg industry. All right, Dan Heller. <laughs> back to you, Flint Rock. Flint Rock Corporation. You said you're serving the the, the ag industry. I know you're avoiding the corporation. Avoiding the question. It must be. I something. think it was a big umbrella. Is it what big, it was. Big <laughs> umbrella. All right. How how does your faith impact what you do every day? How does my faith impact what I do every day? Well, you know, there's opportunities every day to be on mission in the workplace. And that's what I love about uh, a perspective and paradigm shift of thinking about uh, business and a mission separately uh, versus thinking about them being one and the same and recognizing them truly for what they are, uh, missional opportunities every day in the workplace and in the marketplace. Um, so it's it's uh, fantastic. You know, I think about, uh, as I look back and think about, well, if I pursued another mission or, or may, who knows where I would have wound up at some place in the world, I'm convinced that today I have more mission opportunities every single day uh, with those I interact with, with uh, associates, with uh, business uh, folks, clients, customers, vendors, uh, employees. Um, there is opportunities. There's a lot of hurting people out mm -hmm. there who are looking for solutions and for an answer and for uh, a word of truth. And it's just uh, fantastic to pe see people light up when they recognize that uh, God has a plan for them um, and has a purpose for them. And uh, that's, that's a good thing. So tell us how the Business Community Network has played a role in your growth in the area of your of your connection to your work and your faith and others around you. Your vague ag career. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> you bet. Uh, it's not so vague. Uh, but I'm sure. At any rate, uh, the, the uh, you know, I forget uh, what, what famous person was that said I need to be continually uh, filled with the Holy Spirit because I leak. 
um, and the opportunity to <laughs> That's be... That's good. The, yeah, the, the op- it might have been John Piper, but uh, at any rate, uh, the opportunity to be continually encouraged, renewed, refreshed. I think even the best of people need to be continually re- re- renewed and refreshed and encouraged. Uh, we gain synergy uh, from being around people who ha- are like-minded. Uh, BCN is an opportunity to uh, really tap into that synergy that happens when you get around people who are passionate about Christ in the marketplace and in the workplace, cool things happen. You hear stories, you hear what does that look like uh, from a practical standpoint. Lots of different professions, everybody's doing something different. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So many different ideas and thoughts, and it's challenging, uh, it's encouraging, um, and, and it's really an opportunity to have a dialogue and talk with people at a heart level. So bcnlife.org, that's the organization, bcnlife.org. So, um, Jeff Conrad, as a judge. Judge Jeff Conrad. Judge Jeff Conrad. <laughs> you got your, honor. <laughs> your honor. Your honor. <laughs> all of the above. Um, tell us how this BCN has made an impact on you. Well, when I was in private practice, uh, it was an opportunity uh, for me to come together to see how other men, uh, who, who I have, I know them, they're successful in their businesses, and they're able to infuse Christ into the business. So coming together with these other influential leaders and listen to them and how they're intentionally doing that helped me in my, pri- in my private practice. And then, of course, transitioning over to being judge, you know, how I cannot invoke the Bible from the bench, but... The biblical principles that we all would agree on, I can definitely infuse those principles in. So figuring out ways to do that is always a, a top priority to me. And being around these guys and listening to how they're doing it intentionally causes me then to think about how can I do that in my daily work and what I'm doing in the government. Because I have to be more careful in the government, but um, we can still do it, and mm-hmm. I still do do it. But you're, you're, you're elected to office, and you're, but you're protected by the Constitution. Correct. But you're supposed to uphold the laws. You're, you're an equal branch, but you're supposed to uphold the laws. But you're elected office. How, how, how long is your term? Ten years. Ten years. Okay. So there's a lot of people out there. I mean, I love the fact that you're elected because there's a, Christ followers need to get back in the electorate in, in getting elected to their offices. Okay. I mean, and to be a judge, do you have to have legal background to be elected as a judge? Yeah, in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, you must have a law degree you do. before okay. you can run for judge. Because that is not the case in every state. Right, it's true. Okay, all but right. Commonwealth, you do. How, but you also said you had gotten elected to city council before. I was a county commissioner. County uh, commissioner, excuse correct. me. Correct. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, okay. What prompted you to say, I want to take my faith into the public sphere? Well, I think that, I think we need God to lead us. I mean, I think we have to have that. Amen. And I think a lot of Christians throw their hands up and don't want to go touch the, the nastiness of politics. Um, you, you can play the game and you can play it intentionally well. I mean, you can play it and still honor God. And I know even in my campaign uh, with my local pastor, I was talking with him about, hey, I'm going to intentionally run my campaign this way and I'm going to honor God in the process and never be negative to anyone. And I literally did that. Mm-hmm. And one day when I felt myself being negative, I stopped by the pastor to have a chat with him just so he'd get my head straightened back out and dove back in again. So I think in public life, though, there's a you have to dive in. Uh, you have to do the best you can do and then maybe get back out and go to the private sector. But anyhow, I'm, I'm loving diving in and I'm loving taking the Lord along with me. That's awesome. And you know what I was thinking was that your relationship with the people in at BCN is 
probably a big accountability group for you. And I'm hoping that they're holding you up in prayer. Is that the case? <laughs> I can tell you that these men, it's always very kind to them because I don't recognize sometimes the pressures that I'm under, but sometimes when they hear the stories, they recognize huh. it and they don't mind laying hands on me and praying for me and lifting me up. Mm. And it, it means so much, yeah. uh, especially when they know what I'm about to walk into with uh, certain days. So um, do you have a network of places to send people when you sense how much trouble they're in because everybody you're you're talking to they're broken they're messy um they are they're hurt and they're wounded i mean you're dealing with some of the messiest of the messiest situations when you have an opportunity to cast uh, to, to make a judgment um do you have the opportunity to then network them into places where they'll really get healing so they won't be they won't some most of it you're not you're talking about crimes you're talking about breaking up families and custody of kids and those kinds of icky stuff do you have a place to Tell them, hey, here's where you can go to get some marriage counseling. Here's where you can go to, I mean, do you ever get a chance to speak that kind of truth into people? We do. Um, I can't hands-on. I used to, in a private practice, I could be very hands-on sure. with the client and send them out. Now I can't be hands-on. But what I can do is try to get the people that are in front of me and get these parents that are in front of me to wake up and listen to reason and to start thinking about being kind to one another and to know that the judge that they're in front of is not going to be impressed by how ugly they can be, but rather going to be impressed by who puts the best interest of the child first. Mm. Show me that, you're winning, you're scoring points. Don't show me that. Be ugly to each other, and you're falling behind pretty quickly. So, again, it's just putting some of those biblical principles into play and, and, and with the people that are coming in front of me. We could do a whole show about this, and maybe we will in the future. <laughs> That's right. So, Fred, let's talk about um, your, you're with Toshiba, mm -hmm. right? And yes. you said you've been there how long? 23 years. 23 years. So were yeah. you doing the bike thing alongside of that? I did that. Yeah, it was kind of a part-time okay. uh, pay for the hobby. Got scenario. it. Got it. I was, I'm like, you're not that old. So I, can't, I was trying to figure it all out. So that's excellent. Yep. So, so what is um, being a part of the business community network, bcnlife.org? If people are, first of all, let me just go to that. bcnlife.org is a place where you can go and just learn a little bit more about this organization. And the reason that we share that is they may not be anywhere near you guys in Pennsylvania, but to be inspired to say, you know, I would like something like that in my area. Yep. And we believe that um, God doesn't want us wasting our energy recreating the wheel every single time a new idea comes. So being able to share ideas and resources and what's worked and what's not worked is a is a core value for Jim and I to be able to help people get to that point a little bit quicker the next time around. So in your world of work, mm -hmm. um, how has BCN been, um, what role has it played in making a difference? Yeah, no, it's, it's huge. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, we attend church, we do that, but this is a group where I can get together and go, all right, here's a situation that I'm running into and I need you guys to pray because I got, I have a tough thing coming up or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just walking out our faith and having brothers and sisters that can kind of hold us accountable and know that, you know, a lot of what we do with my group is, is to share, okay, is there something God's been laying on you that you haven't done or you feel you need to do? So let me pray for that over the course of the next month. And let's, you know, when you come back, how did it go? What did you do? Mm. And it's just that accountability side of it, because so many of these things we know we should do, we don't. Right. And, um, you know, I had a situation where, um, you know, I had God wake me up 
three o'clock one Sunday morning, and and it was just what is it with God and three o'clock in I the morning? I don't know. <laughs> it's a great hour. Seriously, <laughs> that's the only time. Like I hear you the say, word that's when you finally get quiet. So, <laughs> <laughs> but Fred doesn't seem like a noisy guy. Why is God waking up at three o'clock? <laughs> it's a good time to pray. It but, is. Uh, but yeah, you know, it was one of those situations where he woke me up with a, a client of mine that was in my mind at that time, and and it just felt like he was saying, "You need to pray with them." And uh, I'm like, great, you know, I'll be happy to pray for them. Mm. And he's like, no, 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 you need to go pray with them. And I'm like, ah, man, you know, and I don't really know these guys. You know, I had just started working on uh, a project with them. And, and uh, you know, that's just really awkward when you're working on a project with somebody and then God's going, hey, why don't you go and ask the leadership if you can come in and pray with them? And uh, so I said to my wife, hey, this is kind of what I heard this morning. Uh, you know, what do you think? And you know, if I, only people could see your face when you just said that, you're like, oh, what yeah. do I think? It, you know, uh, like uh, it, was it was painful. You know, yeah. cause I'm like, you can't be asking me to do this. Um, it, and but what'd your wife say? She's like, you know, I think if that's what God God's calling you to do, you need to do it. And uh, so I just ran at Bastard to go, hey, you know, mm-hmm. just tell me I'm crazy and I'm gonna stick stick to doing what and I she do. She would tell him that if it was she would. <laughs> But so anyway, th- that Monday morning I called and I said, hey, you know, I have kind of an awkward request, but I, I, I feel like I need to, would like to come and just pray with you guys, the leadership, and just, um, you know, pray for a blessing on your business and, and, and the people that you're working with. And, you know, because I called the, uh, I guess he's the owner, is the son of the founder, and I uh, just said, hey, I'd like to come out. And uh, so again, that, that was mo- the most awkward call I think I've ever made in business. Hmm. But I was like, all right, I'm doing this, you know, and, and as crazy as it is. So, I, I end up going out. Uh, he ended up not being able to make it at that time, but I, I prayed with another gentleman that was there. So we went into a room. This guy, I knew a little bit about him, that, it, that he at least knew Christ. And, and uh, so I just said, hey, here's why I'm here. Not here about any of my, you know, the deal that we're working on, but I just felt like I wanted to come pray with you guys. So we did that. And it was, you know, somewhat anticlimactic. And that's how sometimes these things are. But it was... Mm-hmm. God teaching me that I need you to be obedient when I ask you to do something because it could be I may never see the end result of that story I don't know what God's doing there but as I did that I left it was just a few minutes I was out the door but as I was leaving God said hey there's a you know there was another client next to me and um that I went down and, this and we're going to hear yep. the rest of that story when we come back right here and I work for him from Lancaster, Pennsylvania as we finish up our road trip up here we have made some amazing connections boy if you ever want to come up to a place on vacation don't come when it's really crazy here October is a little nuts around here Come during the summertime. Wow, what an incredible place. You could stay at the Smoketown Inn until you meet some of these amazing people that we're seeing and talking to right here on the air. We're talking about Business Community Network, bcnlife.org, bcnlife.org. And right before the break, Fred Eberly was talking about an incredible story. But I had to interrupt him because we ran out of time. You were talking, Fred, about being obedient. God saying, hey, I just need you to be obedient. And when people aren't obedient, yeah, there are... I mean, there are always repercussions to us telling the Lord no or doing it our way. Like Moses, he got kind of the raw deal. He told God, no, I'm, I'm not going to speak to the rock this time. I'm going to whack it like I did the last time. And that didn't end so well for him. So what was it in your case? And talk to me about the result of you going in and being obedient and praying with one of those C-level leaders of that organization. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, that was kind of an awkward scenario, but you know, I, I did it. And as I left, um, you know, what was kind of neat in this story is that I left, and God put it on my heart to swing over 
right near where I was, mm-hmm. there was another gentleman that I'd been worked with for years, and uh, he was going through a divorce and just a, a nasty situation with his family. Um, so as I was leaving, God's like, swing over and check in. And so I went over to his place of work, tapped on his door, and ended up spending 45 minutes just catching up with him. And he said, you know, it's really cool you came today because it, it was a Wednesday. I think he had a court date Friday. And um, he was just in need of encouragement. Mm-hmm. And it was, again, you know, God piggybacking a couple things there mm-hmm. that and, – and I may never know the end result of the first piece, and who knows, you know, but – for me, that's that's the point of all this stuff that we're doing. God's it's got me in training. It's all connected. And don't you think it's even possible that the obedience was for you? Absolutely, it, it wasn't even for the the oh, recipient yeah. of the prayer. Absolutely, but you know, and you can sit here today and share this story, even not knowing the outcome, but knowing that you walked in that obedience. And the next time you're going to keep on listening. Yep, you won't even have to ask your wife if you're going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're running out of time. We want to make sure we hear some practical, tactical stuff about your married life. You guys are all married, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Correct. All right. And you all have jobs. You're all married. You guys all have kids? Yes. yes. All right. Okay. So here's the question. And I'm going to go to you, Judge, first, because you're dealing with family law all day long. How are you <laughs> protecting your marriage from your job? And are your kids still at home? I'm guessing they're they're close to grown and gone. Out of the house, first Out grandbaby. The, yeah. <laughs> there All you right. go. Grandchildren, aren't they awesome? Lovely. Okay. Yep. How are you protecting your marriage from your job? How do I protect my marriage? I, I share with my wife what's going on. So the stressors that I have, uh, I come back home and tell her about it. Because I can't stay all bottled up. I, I got to share it. And so I do. And she loves to hear the stories. And uh, I've confided in her so many times to share with her what's going on. And then she just helps me deal with it. So I think I protect it by being honest about it and being open about it and sharing with her the stressors that I deal with on a daily basis. You know, I can only imagine that in your situation, it probably gives you a great resolve every day to fight for marriages for yourself, you know, because you see the destruction that can happen. How does that play into, you know, your life, your your view of marriage as a whole? It gives me the opportunity and the courage to say to either one of these two fellows, hey, how are things going with your wife? Absolutely. And I don't mind saying it because yeah. uh, we need to, again, police our own and find out what's going on because too many people wait too long and yeah. bad things start to happen. And so you don't want to be about their it, judge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Very true. And when this guy grabs you by the shirt, you listen. He's got some pipes good. on him. His white shirt is stretched thin. Uh, <laughs> judge Jeff, do you pray with your wife? Do you get a chance to pray with your wife on an sure often do. basis? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have to. I mean, it, it's part of the sanity. I mean, to, to stay mm-hmm. sane, you have to get rid of this stuff. And you have to, I had to, as part of my job as a district attorney one time, I had to look at images of child pornography uh, mm-hmm. in, in a case. And I felt so filthy coming home, having seen this wretchedness. And I had two beautiful little girls in the house. I walked in the door and I told my wife what I'd seen that day. And I, I couldn't even look at my girls. Mm-hmm. And my, my wife said, did you ask God to forgive you? And I said, yeah, I did. And she walked up and she kissed both my eyes. And she said, well, then you're forgiven. And it was one of those things where just to walk into the purity of my home after having seen the wretchedness that I saw in my day, uh, to be wiped clean of that and to walk in and see my girls and love them up and be the dad I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So getting rid of that and being honest again, telling your wife what you were exposed to in the day's time, you know, getting the forgiveness so you are washed clean and going back in. From that day forth, I would always read Ephesians 6 and put on the armor of Christ before I even looked at the images. Uh. Put on the armor of Christ, go through the images, figure out which ones were chargeable, and then ask God to wipe my mind clean. So I walk around today with 
out those images in my head because God gave me a Teflon brain. Mm-hmm. It went on, dealt with it, got rid of it. Wow. <laughs> that Very is cool. amazing. Tough job, but a mm-hmm. high calling uh, and just a, a great place for a Christ follower to be. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, because you know the truth. You betcha. You know, I just want to just, I know we, um, one thing, what you just said about putting on the armor of God and just in challenging our listeners to do the same every day, because we don't know what we're going to be encountering that day. And if we are not living in that way where we're getting God's protection in our life, then we can become very vulnerable. And in this world, that vulnerability, that's Satan's way. He wants to tear exactly. down the homes, the, the workplaces that are being led by people that really want to make a difference and he'll find a way to get a foothold and so what a great challenge and encouragement dan heller how do you protect your bride from your job well uh uniquely perhaps uh to some people i get to work with my wife uh you know we have uh, one of our ventures that she kind of oversees and runs um so we get to interact at a whole different level um, Mm -hmm. because we get to talk about and dialogue with uh, those we work with and interact with in the business. So um, it, it at times adds, com- adds complexity. Uh, at times adds beauty. At times adds <laughs> complexity. <laughs> He's very <laughs> eloquent with the, that. The largest, the um, biggest understatement of the day, at times it adds complexity working with my spouse. <laughs> right, but it's also an amazing opportunity because you can be on mission together. Right. Uh, you can have one heart. You can think about and pray about uh, situations, about individuals, uh, and how to approach those from a God-centered uh, perspective. Okay, but at those times when it adds complexity and you have an argument at work, how do you guys resolve that quickly to get back to work? She's really cute. Both these guys have cute wives. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. All that always that. helps. <laughs> all, all of us married up, my friend. Yep, there's all no doubt about it. Yeah, but d- how do you definitely. deal with the conflict? Because you're going to have, mom- as you say, moments of complexity. <laughs> right. <laughs> what a pile in it. I mean, right. that's just fantastic. I mean, when you're arguing with your wife, I mean, right. how, how do you work it through that quickly? Argue? See? You argue with your wife? I, I haven't seen it yet today. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, Shoot, we have 1,200 miles in the car tonight. So, <laughs> no, we we uh, you know I've been blessed with a good a good woman. I really have, uh, and and you know we have differences, and sure we we differ, uh, but you know at the end of the day we pray about those differences and we seek God's God God's counsel, God's wisdom, uh, and we recognize God has truth in every situation, um, and so we recognize that it's more about us and our individual perspectives. Uh, it's about a God perspective and how can we find what the God perspective is in each and every situation, even if there is a difference? And there has been differences Mm -hmm. in how we handle things, differences in our approaches. And uh, the older you get, the more you learn how those differences manifest themselves and how you can work together to complement each other. Uh, And that's the beauty of um, really any team, but certainly a a marriage, is how you can work together to complement each other and be more effective uh, in business and and on mission in the marketplace. Give something practical, something you're doing to to enrich your marriage on a daily basis basis are you praying with your wife absolutely yeah we pray together we have devotions uh we, we have devotions with our kids uh we have kind of a routine where we do uh, certain things uh certain times of so the you week. still got kids at home i still have kids at home four boys uh yep 17 <laughs> down to eight oh so that's all never Just a four boys <laughs> exactly okay all yep. right yep. very cool all right let's jump over to you fred eberly okay how are you you're, you're selling for ch- for Toshiba, 23 years, how are you protect? I mean, a sales job, it's always, there's always pressure. It's commissions. You, you, your, your pay goes up and down all the time. You live in a roller coaster. How do you protect your marriage to make sure your job doesn't you know, detract from your marriage? Yeah. And that's a tough one. Cause I, I do struggle with that because I, I can work from home as well. So I can roll out of bed and work. I can work before I go to bed. 
I could work all the time if I wanted to. Just for to. the listeners, he's not wearing PJs right now. <laughs> <laughs> I am actually, yes. I'm wearing a button-down shirt. Regular clothes, yes. That's right. Um, so, you know, that's the challenge for me of just protecting my family time. And, and my wife and I really work hard at, um, you know, God is first. She and I are next, and the kids come following us. Because if we don't keep ourselves together, that doesn't help our family to stay together. Our Amen. kids need to see that. So, Amen. Um, right, Judge? Amen. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. I betcha. And, uh, you know, so it's, and, and I don't do this well enough, but it's like those date nights and making sure that we're working on our relationship. Mm-hmm. And, and even, you know, some of the things I'd echo some of what Dan talked about where we don't work together, but we do, we love to work together when we can, but it's, it's maybe those situations where I'm going, hey, I have a really tough situation today. I have to go talk about a problem. Pray with me. Pray for me. And, she so you're praying with up. your wife on a daily basis, too. Yeah, and I don't do enough. Like, lately, I haven't been doing a daily basis enough, so I need to work on that one, but but that's it keeps us rooted. Gentlemen, it's been a lot of fun. I think we need to work on the BCNW, though, version of this because <laughs> there are a lot of women in the workplace that need to have the same kind of camaraderie, the same kind of accountability you guys are accomplishing at BCN, bcnlife.org. Is somebody going to volunteer to take that on BCNW here in Pennsylvania? Don Hoover just got elected. Very good. Okay, fantastic. (laughs) All right. But thank you so much to Dan Heller, Fred Eberly, and Jeff Conrad. Thank you guys for being on I Work For Him today. Thank you. you. I wish we had more time. I really do. But make sure you check out. Maybe this has intrigued you enough to go, hey, I want to start something like that in my area. I am sure Don Hoover would be willing to talk to you about it. Check it out online bcnlife.org bcnlife.org You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers, our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately I I work work for him. him.